Pulp MX Network Production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hey boys and girls, it's a new week, so you know what time it is. It is time for the RockyMountainATVMC.com. Kiefer Tested Podcast, presented by Fly Racing and Racetech. But first, Rocky Mountain ATV MC is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, dual sport bikes, and ATVs. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping with orders over $75. It's so easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is the premier shopping destination for all of us out there. Thank you, Rocky Mountain. And of course, Fly Racing and FlyRacing.com. Some of the best gear out there available to you guys. Great Fly Carbon F2 helmets that I've been running for the past... Well, I've been running for a long time, but been really testing them out heavily the past couple weeks and they're going to be up on keyforinktesting.com but give you a snippet they're good i like them um they're light they're comfortable they're not coarse inside of the helmet you know when it's on your cheeks it feels nice and the fit is good so go to fly racing flyracing.com check out the f2 carbon helmets light hydrogen kinetic mesh all that stuff out there is great i'm impatiently waiting for 2019 gear which we will all see in august but nonetheless i love the gear and as you know i don't take advertisers on here unless i love it so flyracing.com order it up over at rocky mountain atvmc.com Tell them Kiefer sent you, and hopefully they'll keep this sucker moving along, and we'll keep doing these podcasts. Again, thank you to the guys at Racetech, Chris Riesenberg, Rob, great people over there at Racetech. Lots of friendly faces that know what they're doing over there with suspension. I don't care what model you have. I've been riding, obviously I've been riding this Husqvarna for a long time, WP Suspension. They've got down a great setting for the AER fork, which we will talk about soon. And also, great settings for the cone valve, track stuff. Um, so head over there, racetech.com. Tell them Kiefer sent you, and maybe they'll cut you a deal. I do not know, but it's worth a shot, right? So Racetech Gold Valves provide a plush feel with drastically improved bottoming resistance and increased traction. Racetech products and services are 100% guaranteed and made in the USA. Discover why when racers can choose, they go to Racetech. Experience the gold valve advantage by logging on to Racetech.com. It's a pretty cool website. Lots of information over there. So instead of hitting me up on my email, go log on to Racetech.com. See what spring rate you guys need. You know, because you guys hit me up and say, Kiefer. I'm 220 pounds. What spring rate do I need? Well, go to Racetech.com. It'll tell you. All right? It's easy. Thank you, guys. Racetech. And also, I just want to give a shout-out. You know, we have the commercial reads here on this show, but I really want to give a shout-out to Rutted Racing, ScreenPrintingDone.com, Skosh. If you haven't go checked out Skosh yet, go check out Skosh.com. There's product codes for almost all these guys out here that are advertising on the Kiefer Tested Podcast. And of course, blood lubricants. If you guys need some oil, as you guys know, I'm not a big synthetic fan, but I've been running synthetic oil in this Husqvarna. So go check it out, bloodlubricants.com. It's spelled B-L-U-D, not B-L-O-O-D, Okay. Moto Blood 1040 Synthetic is good oil. If you guys have any questions about any of my advertisers on here, please go 
chris at keferinktesting.com and I'll be happy to answer your questions. And like I said, most of my guys that are with me on this show, all right, have product codes. If you don't know what they are, if you missed it on the commercial reads, don't forward the commercial reads, all right? Listen to them. They could save you money, all right? But if you don't, if you miss it, hit me up on my email. I'll be happy to help. <clears throat> all right, guys. So we're back to talk about something that I'm in love with. Mathis is so over me talking about this bike, but you know what? When there's something good out there, and I don't care what color it is, you know, I'm... It was just on your bed. You're on the bandwagon, Kiefer. You're always... I'm like, no. I'm on the bandwagon of good bikes. I don't give a shit what color it is. Red, white, blue, green. It doesn't matter, Okay. We're nearing the end of 2018 bike season, which is crazy because we're only in May, right? Almost June. But I like good bikes that make me ride better, and I like bikes that create less work for me on the track. So here, this is update number two, living with the 2018.5 Husqvarna FC450. Husky doesn't like to be called Husky, okay? So for those of you out there, you want to get proper Husqvarna. I don't think I don't even think it's called Husqvarna. Husqvarna. All right. So that's the proper pronunciation. Make sure you guys know that. I've got emails saying please say Husqvarna and not Husky. So if I say Husky in this podcast, I apologize, Husqvarna. But it's short, sweet, to the point. We're American. We're lazy. We want to shorten everything up. So. But anyway, like I said, Mathis is sick of me talking about it. I've been riding a lot of hours on this bike. I've had two separate 2018.5 Rockstar Edition bikes here at the house. One, the first one that I had, I think I put 38 hours on, and that's when the last Living With Pod went up. I think it was around 40. They took that bike back because they had to sell it internally because there's only so many of them. But Andy Jefferson was nice enough to give me another one to try, and I have put damn near 30 hours on this bike with other parts that were different from the other bike to let you guys know about. And I just wanted to talk about some things that I've experienced with the bike, things that I love, and there's a couple things that have happened that I want you guys to know about as well. Again, here on this podcast, there's no bullshit, there's no fluff. I want to get to some facts, I want to tell some stories, and I want to get to some information. I want to get some information out to you guys in case you have this bike so you know what to do. Or if you're considering to get one, what to look out for and why you should go purchase. I mean, obviously, it's a lot of money, guys. $11,000 approximately, you know, when you're walking out the door, everything, taxes rolled into one, all that stuff. You're looking at a lot of money. And I always talk about blue-collar stuff. Yep, I get it. I didn't grow up rich. Uh, my, my mom and dad... Actually, my mom didn't work. She was disabled. I stayed home and took care of my mom. My dad worked several several jobs. He was a hustler. He worked for a water company. And then he did some mechanics on the side because he's a really good car mechanic. And that's how we got to the races. That's how I got my bikes. I didn't get a new bike every year. Maybe I got a new bike every two to three years. And we really had to take care of what we had. Fast forward to now where I get all these bikes. And they, you people out there, oh, keep your blue collar, but you're getting all this free shit. You're right. But that's why we have other podcasts about used bikes and things. If I was back in my situation back in the day and I was my dad and I was middle class had some money but I wanted a bike to go through every three to four years this would be one of the bikes that I would purchase yes it's eleven thousand dollars yes I would make payments on it yes I would spend 200 to 250 dollars a month on this bike because I enjoy to ride it that doesn't mean everyone is like that but I'm telling you guys right now I'm going to go on a limb and say this is probably one of the best production overall packages out there right now. And you guys know that I'm a I'm a fan of a Yamaha, I'm a fan of a KTM. I really like 
<clears throat> the Honda, and hopefully in 2019, the Cowie is going to get their shit together with the spring fork and a different frame and maybe a hydraulic clutch. So I might be on all different kinds of bandwagons in 2019 because all these bikes are going to be so damn good. So I just wanted to clear up some things like, hey, why do you ride this bike so much? Well, I'm trying to ride this bike a lot before I have to give it back, which will be in a couple weeks because that's when 2019 season starts and the Cowie intro is on June 13th. So that's when shit starts rolling and I'm going to be busy with new bikes. So this is probably the last 2018 living with podcast as I will be moving on to 2019 bikes. So anyway, like I said, almost 30 hours on this sucker been really fun i want to do a couple mods to it because i feel like the guys that are going to go buy this bike are going to do some stuff to it as well and we're going to break down the parts of the motorcycle things that i've experienced lately from the last living with podcast so this is going to be an add-on to that and i've got good responses from that last husqvarna and i guess a lot of you guys are buying this bike up so and also the 2019 husqvarnas are out I am not a fan of the way that new bike looks. I'm kind of bummed on it, you know? Blue frame, and then they put black frame guards over the blue frame. And then they have yellow fort guards. I don't know who decides these things. I do not know who signs off on the colorways, but someone needs to get jacked, okay? That is not attractive. The blue frame, meh. It could be good if you tied it in better with other colors. But if you go on my Instagram, Kiefering Testing, or hell, go on any guy's Instagram, Dirt Bike Magazine, Motocross, every, every, all the new Huskies are out there. Dude, it, they're not that attractive. If I was you guys and I was going to go buy a 2019 you know, FC or TC or whatever, I'm sorry, FC, I would go buy... The Rockstar Edition Plastic and put it on because, I don't know, I just don't think it's that attractive. I don't like the way the colorway blends in. So, anyway, you know me, I'm ranting on about a whole bunch of other shit. Let's start with the engine on this 2018.5 and what I've done. As you guys know from the previous podcast, 1452 gearing, okay? A little bit different. But it helps third gear roll on. I like that. Again, this Rockstar Edition is pretty smooth down low. So when you have a tacky track or a deep track, think back east, okay, or early morning practice, you're going to want a little bit of more third gear snap. <clears throat> and it also helps second gear RPM response. So 1452 not only helps that engine character, but it also helps the shock settle, um, get some more bite driving out of corners the way the sprocket the front the counter shaft sprocket and the rear sprocket and the chain and how that acts as the shock is compressing really helps relax that rear suspension so that's just a little tip to, for you guys to try of course you're gonna have to buy a new chain or get another chain and do all that but for me i like the 1452 gearing from the stock gearing i don't know who else in the magazine world is doing that but i'm doing that and i've been living with it and i like that gearing i also have a full fmf 4.1 system on there again you guys know i'm not always stoked on aftermarket mufflers okay stock is pretty good on this rockstar edition i like it but I like this FMF 4.1 system a little bit more. Why, do you ask? Well, it gives me about the same amount of bottom end as the stock muffler, but really increases the mid to top end power. And it also helps mid RPM response. So, very tough to do, but I think how they did it, FMF, how they did it was they worked together with KTM and Husqvarna in Austria and developed this muffler internally. They really mapped it well when they stuck it on. They got everything dialed in, which is rare um, for a manufacturer to do. 
You don't see Yamaha selling their GYTR mufflers that have been developed internally, okay? I'll give you a little hint on that. The GYTR FMF muffler is the same as the other FMF muffler, the FMF muffler, but Yamaha isn't developing that. It's the same spec. So this FMF muffler on this Husqvarna and KTM, which is the same, is developed back there internally to really help dial in, you know, the FI mapping and the ignition mapping to really make it crisp. Because in the past, on these bikes, FC and the SXF, the KTM, they had a lot of D-cell pop. You gas it out of a corner and you, you know, chop the throttle in the air and you get some popping on D-cell and it just wasn't mapped crisp enough. So this muffler is mapped well. You're not going to get any D-cell, you know, popping either in map one or map two. It's really good. It provides more power, which is hard to do, and you're not taking away any of the bottom end response. So I like that. And I've had several hours on this FMF and I've had good luck with the packing. It doesn't sound atrocious yet. I've had about, let's see, about 15 hours on the standard muffler packing. Pretty good still. Nothing broke. I've had one pipe spring bust loose on the mid-joint pipe right there where the, the head pipe and the tail pipe connect. Um, I put another one on because usually what happens, there's like a little rubber piece that goes over, it's like a sleeve that goes over the spring that melts away and then it ends up vibrating and then breaking the spring. So just watch out for those little rubber sleeves that are on the pipe spring because once those melt and get old, that spring might break. So have a couple springs on hand, but otherwise muffler packing is great. The core is good. No breaks in the welds, no cracks. Everything is on par, which is great for FMF. Stoked that they're making and helping develop um, mufflers that are, are made internally at KTM and Husqvarna headquarters. So very cool of them. So now here's the important thing that I got really stoked on. I wanted to try something different with this Husqvarna. I went and tried a different ECU Okay, that you guys can't get. Obviously, they're not, Husqvarna's not selling this ECU, but I wanted to see if I could get some more power. So I tried another, you know, a modified ECU that they had. Didn't notice that much difference. I got a little bit more D-cell pop. Wasn't impressed, so I just gave it back, said thanks. But then I said, you know what? I want to try Vortex Ignition. Bradley Taft, I heard, got one as well. Obviously, you guys know what he's doing he did good at Hangtown with the 10th overall. Did pretty good at Glen Helen. Maybe he had some bad luck. The second moto with some crashes. But for the most part, stock bike, ECU. This Vortex Ignition was mapped by Twisted Development. Jamie over there. You guys follow that reality show, IB Corp team, Supercross deal. Jamie is part of that. Smart dude. Knows a lot about bikes knows a lot about ECU settings. So I was like, man, I want to try a Vortex on this Husqvarna, see if I get some more bottom end, because I've been complaining about I will need some more crack, you know, to make come out of this corners and really lighten up the bike even more, because that was my complaint when I went to Loretta's last year on the KTM, was just lethargic feeling, a little bit too smooth, you know, especially in that deep shit where you have to ha get out of that stuff. I wanted some of that, and I needed some of that out here on the West Coast to see if it helped. So nonetheless, went to Jamie at Twisted Development, got a Vortex ECU, shipped it to me. He mapped it for Pro 6, VP Pro 6 fuel. You don't have to map it for B VP Pro 6 fuel. He mapped it for that fuel and pump fuel. That's the real bitchin' part about this Vortex is you can map it. You can have 10 different maps pre-programmed in this thing. So let's say, hey, Kiefer, I want to go practice all week. I'm not, I can't afford to run pump, you know, I can't afford to run VP all fucking week, right? So put the pump map in, run pump fuel. I'm going racing, Kiefer. I want to put some race gas in, get a little bit more bark, right? Okay. Switch the trim to your VP map and boom. 
It's there. So you can go back and forth, real bitchin'. So I tried both. You're gonna get the most out of the Pro 6 map, obviously. And for those of you asking, how much does it really matter with race fuel? Well, Pro 6 is AMA legal fuel, really good fuel. I haven't tried too much other stuff. I haven't really been on the Renegade bandwagon because I've heard about in some inconsistencies that I've actually experienced before. But VP has always been pretty good as far as getting the right blend, consistency, and nothing really changes. So uh, really simple to do. Take the one seatbelt off the Husqvarna, boom, ECU sitting right on top of the airbox, unplug stock, plug Vortex in, Jamie mapped it, I started it up, no decel pop, no nothing, went to the track a few times. Dude, I'm telling you guys right now, you can talk shit on James Stewart's dad was saying, we're not racing without an ECU, you know, a factory ECU. But if there's one thing, and I've said this in other podcasts before, if there's one thing that really makes a difference for engines is an aftermarket ECU. This completely made me smile when I put this ECU on, guys. So not only did it liven up the bottom end, okay, so I got some more yacht that I wanted, it left the nice character of the Husqvarna the way it is. So you know the stock character of the Husqvarna is real linear and smooth and easy to ride. You still had that, but you had more meat. So it pulled even harder coming out of a corner, not ripping your arms out hard, still connected to the rear wheel, but just more meat. I could leave this bike in second gear for so long down the straightaway. Man, it revs far. So not only am I getting more meat with this Vortex ECU, I'm getting more mid-range power, and the whole power curve is longer. It's amazing. There's a lot of big jumps at these tracks I ride that are really deep out of these corners in the morning, and I need a lot of meat to get over these things. Sometimes I have problems trying to jump stuff in the morning because it's so deep before these jumps with the stock ECU. Put this Vortex on, second lap, yeah, because there's so much meat. And it's still easy to ride. It's honestly one of the best mods that I've tried, and I've said this on the YZ250F, um, the 2017 YZ450F, the Vortex Ignition is bitching, okay? I've had really good luck with Vortex stuff. Consistent, no electrical issues, you know, throughout its life. Um, I've did a Living With podcast on the 2017 YZ450F, put a lot of hours with this Vortex ECU, no problems. So Jamie has these Vortex ECUs that he can sell, that he can map, that he can send them out to you guys out there with your Rockstar Editions, and it really makes the power so fun, guys. It's really changed my whole perspective on this engine. And... Uh, I'm going to go on a limb again. It's the best engine that I've felt from any bike that I've ridden in a long time. Minus, obviously, factory bikes. But just simply bolting on a muffler and an ECU and having some fuel is a big difference. Trust me. If we're rating on the scale, the testing scale, stock engine, okay, with an FMF muffler, that's a baseline 3. Bolting on this Vortex ECU, 3.5. Big difference, okay? Fun to ride. It's stealthy. No one even knows it's there. It's like, it's bitching, guys. I, they're expensive. Again, six to $700. But if you're keeping your bike three plus years, these are things that I would want on my bike that would make me happy for that long. If I'm keeping this thing a long time, doesn't really... For me, I've ran these ECUs, doesn't hurt reliability. Yes, it revs a little bit farther, but if you shift, which you can because it pulls third gear now even better, you can shift early, you can leave it in second gear for a long time. It really gives you the freedom more so using this ignition um, than the stock ignition. So I don't see any negative to putting this ignition on your bike. I want to do more ignition podcasts, I think, in 2019 to really have you guys understand this stuff. But as far as ECU mapping, it's very important with these new modern-day four-strokes. And when you have a guy like Jamie over there dialing it in for you, 
and then it shows up UPS in your mailbox and you can bolt it on and it's it's money right away. To me, that's money well spent. So I'm stoked on this. Engine makes me happy. Steve can say what he wants, but I get excited on really fun things that happen to dirt bikes. This is a really fun thing for me when I bolt this thing on. So stoked on it. Hey, commercial time. Thanks for listening. If you guys want a comfortable shirt to go to the track or even a hoodie, you're cold, you want your chick to look cool, get some hats, shirts, hoodies, be a moto fan, be an off-road fan, go check out ruddedracing.com or if you guys are on Instagram, at ruddedracing. Clint and April make very, very comfortable shirts, hats, hoodies. They're helping out the bear for Supercross. That's right. Rutted Racing is helping out Tyler Bowers. They put money back into our sport, guys. So let's buy some stuff. They're helping us out. They're helping the Supercross riders out of the world. Let's go there and buy some stuff at Rutted Racing or ruddedracing.com. Right now, it's 40 degrees in the high des. I am wearing a Rutted Racing hoodie, and it's badass. So go check them out. Thanks, guys. Also... Don't forget, you know what's coming after Rutted Racing? ScreenPrintingDone.com. You know what's cool? Free stuff. You know that? Order 12 tees, get 10 free t-shirts. When you order 12, buy a dozen, get 10. ScreenPrintingDone.com. They produce t-shirts, hoodies, hats, everything. You need t-shirts for your employees? Do you need t-shirts for your track? Or maybe a party you're having? Make us some t-shirts. Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com. You know who else goes to ScreenPrintingDone.com? The 7 Deuce Deuce. I feel like he took ScreenPrintingDone.com from me. But nonetheless, he knows where to go, right? If it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. That's where I get all my Kiefer Inc. testing shirts. Go over there. Check them out. Mention Kiefer. When you order, 12. Get 10 for free. Later. Hey, what's up? Technology. That's what I'm talking about here. It's a great thing. I love it, but I also can pull my hair out with it as well. However, there is a company that you probably have seen on the Rockstar Husqvarna race team, Dean Wilson, Jason Anderson, called Skosh. It's spelled S-C-O-S-C-H-E. You can go to skosh.com and check out all the products. They have really, really cool stuff. They have headphones. They have boom bottles. They have... Phone chargers for your Droid, your iPhone. They have magic mounts. They have wireless chargers. They have huge cables that will reach all the way across your house if you need a charger and you don't have an outlet close, like my house. I don't have that many outlets. They just have a bunch of cool products to make your life easier when you're out in the garage, when you're in your car, when you're at your house. Just... I'm really, really pumped to have these guys on board because they sent me some stuff. I use it all the time. My favorite thing is the Boom Buoy. It's a speaker that floats on the water. I can hang out in the pool in the backyard, listen to my music. I'm a big music guy. So they just make really cool stuff that makes my life easier. So founded in 1980, Skosh Industries is a Ventura-based, Southern California, of course, award-winning innovator of consumer technology, power sports, and car audio products. Don't forget, car audio. You're traveling, you're sitting in traffic. You guys need to check them out, skosh.com. Committed to delivering the superior products that we all want, quality and functionality, exceptional value, and unmatched customer service. The designers and engineers at Skosh develop products that reflect a rich heritage in audio and mobile technology. Skosh finds inspiration in the California lifestyle, culture, music, and people. These influences can be seen in accessories and products that are now in the hands of homes, offices, vehicles, and people all over the world. 50 countries, okay? Hundreds of patents, trademarks, and countless industry awards received. It's easy to see why Skosh is constantly at the forefront of technology. These guys are cool. They're huge motorcycle enthusiasts. They even gave us a product code, SCOKT25. That's SCOKT25. Use that code when you go to skosh.com. Get 25% off. Seriously, guys, go check them out. 
You won't ever get it. If you want to hit me up, Chris at keyforinktesting.com. I'll let you know more. But very cool guys over there. Thanks, Skosh. Skosh.com. You looking for some good oil out there? I know you are because I get a lot of questions to my email inbox about oil. Heck, I'm at the track. People stop me and ask about oil. On the Pulp MX show, lots of callers. What oil should I run? So I'm going to let you on a little secret. I've been testing an oil that's called Moto Blood. Bloodlubricants.com. Go check them out over there at bloodlubricants.com. Go view everything they have. There's all different kinds of oils. You got an ATV, you got a street bike, you got a UTV, or you got a YZ450F in your garage. Blood Lubricants has an oil for you. Okay? Jefferson Green, he's been in the oil industry for a long time, since 1983. But he's been a motorcycle enthusiast for longer than that. So he wanted to create an oil that was good, that lasted a long time and didn't break down, and even cooled your engines down a little bit more than you're used to. Because, heck, I'm going to tell you something straight up. was testing this stuff a couple months, did a lot of temperature readings. Engine temps were always anywhere from 25 to 30 degrees cooler with the Moto Blood 1040. And you want to even know something that's crazier? It's 100% fully synthetic oil. You guys know me. Synthetic wasn't my choice when it comes to some bikes, right? I ran it in the Yamaha and I ran it in the Honda. Wasn't too stoked on synthetic oils. Well, went and tried this. No slippage, no drag. 100% synthetic. It 100% works. So, hey, go check them out. Bloodlubricants.com. Mention Kiefer in your order and get 25% off. It's that easy. And if you guys have any questions about this oil, hit me up over at chris at keyforinktesting.com. I can discuss more what it does for you, what it does for your bike. But, hey, it's in my test bikes right now. I've had zero failures. It's really reliable oil. It's very good, 100% synthetic. Go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Moving on to the chassis, things that I've done, okay? I'm just going to get to some grips, some easy stuff. I'm not a fan of lock-on grips, guys. Um, these ODIs, not not horrible, but if you guys are out there, I would go to an aftermarket, you know, grip, a Renthal, Pro Taper, or whatever, but without a lock-on. It lessens the vibration a little bit, um, a little bit more cush on your hands. I like that feeling. Um, again, the chassis on this Husqvarna Rockstar Edition, very light feel. I was out riding today with my good buddy Gary Sutherland, and I was noticing on his RMZ that it's, and even though that bike turns well, it's hard for him to slam into a rut and then cut down when it gets blown out. This is where this bike shines. It's It can slam into a rut and then immediately cut down and get away from the blown out area that's maybe through the mid to the end of the corner. So I like that aspect of the chassis i also like that it's straight line stability is very good and its bump absorption is excellent i like all of that kiefer hey will the steel frame last as long as an aluminum i'm gonna venture and say no okay i've ran yamaha's 100 hours and i've ran ktm's and husqvarna's up to 60 to 80 hours you feel on steel frames that it gets roachy later on in its life. So maybe having a bike that's so light, so race-oriented, such as this Husqvarna, such as the KTM, maybe it's not going to last durability-wise as long from the frame. The steel frame will stretch more. I feel like the Yamaha stays intact. New feeling stays intact longer than this bike. Now, have I felt that roached out feeling from this bike, from my two Rockstar Editions that I've had? No, I haven't. But I didn't have them for 100 hours. Hopefully that changes in 2019 and I can put a long um, you know, duration of time on this bike to see how the steel frame feels. But my guess is the aluminum frame will last longer. It won't stretch as much as steel. But... I haven't had enough time on a steel frame to really tell you guys, yes, 100%, that it doesn't last as long as aluminum. Last time I ran steel frames, you know, for a long time was back on my 125 days when I was a novice. So I couldn't tell you 
you know, you guys out there, what lasts longer currently in the new generation. Things you guys need to keep an eye on, the pivot bolt that goes through the swing arm, it loosens up over time. Just keep a, you know, a socket and a wrench on it to make sure it's tight. Sprocket bolts, always check. I haven't had anyone back out yet, but I always check them. Red Loctite them or blue if you have to. So I exploded a rear wheel. Now, some say, Kiefer, maybe you tighten the spokes up you know, too tight. Well, my fast company spoke torque wrench is preset. I, you know, check my spokes before I leave the house to go test. I check them once or twice. Actually, I check them every time after I've done a moto. Um, so I show up to the track, spokes were checked. I rode a 30 minute moto. All the spokes were loose. One was broke. Okay. I'm going to Recheck them, retighten them. I can maybe get through the day with this one spoke gone. Went out the next moto, and boom, all my spokes blew out. Wheel was done. So keep an eye on your spokes, people. Make sure they're tight because usually they'll start backing out where the rim lock. And I even hear sometimes where the valve stem is, that spoke goes out too, so or breaks. So just keep an eye on the spokes. Might have no problems with the front wheel. It was the rear wheel. So I just want to make sure you guys know that I did bust one, but just keep an eye on it. Don't neglect that. Unlike a Yamaha or a Honda where I can, you know, check my spokes before I leave the house and never check them all day and they're fine. This you're going to have to baby a little bit more. Again, use the black throttle cam if you guys are sticking with the ODI grips from the gray the gray pull is so damn long i feel like i have to twist it twice and also if you go to a black throttle cam it'll help a little bit on the bottom end coming out of a corner it's just a shorter pull so of course the nature of the engine character will change a little bit but i like that for the better it doesn't really break loose in the rear wheel going to the black cam some guys like it i would say most guys like the black cam going to that but just be aware that there are cam choices when you go buy these ODI grips. There's little throttle cams inside the packages. So go the black one. You can, I've used both oil. I've been told you guys that I've been on the Moto Blood 1040 synthetic. Works fine. I've only gone through one clutch and clutch rubbers on this bike in a matter of 30 hours. And you guys know me. Usually I go through clutches every 12 to 15 because I am a clutch dragger. I modulate my power through my clutch instead of litting off the throttle. I just pull the clutch in and ride the clutch a little bit to keep the front end down. So some of you guys may not even have a problem, okay? I know a couple buddies that go 50 hours on a clutch. Well, not me. So I feel like I expedite that <laughs> process a little bit. But otherwise, chassis is bitching, okay? Light feeling, Change of directions, awesome. Um, oh, also one thing, guys, too. Keep an eye on your engine hangers, the, the top ones. Those will get loose as well. So just keep a torque wrench on those things. Maybe every time you wash it, just check them. So I just feel like more bolts on this Husqvarna seem to get loose quicker um, than other Japanese models. The rear fender bolt backed out, so just... Just always check the bolts on this bike. It could be just me, but maybe you guys can reach out to me on email, see if you guys have a problem. But um, I always check the bolts, and sometimes the torque spec is off because they're loose. So just keep a wrench on your bolts. Um, tires real quick. I've been running an MX3S front and then an MX33 rear. Currently, I'm testing more on the Dunlop tire, but I still like the feel of a 3S and a 33 rear. So that's what you guys are looking for and you guys can still get a 3s go that direction it gives you you know good front end bite and the rear mx33 is really good on lean angle acceleration i like that so that's why i'm running the rear mx33 now moving on to the suspension i did a wp podcast on this bike about the cone valve and the track shock the tracks shock i went back and forth since then you know see how much difference there is and i think last time on my podcast i was like hey you know 
the stock shock from the track stuff is not that big of a deal. The more I went back and forth with it, the more I noticed a benefit with the tracks stuff. Now, cone valve fork, okay? I had the guys at WP valve it for me. They personally valved it for me, but there's authorized centers out there that can do it. Like I said, not just because Racetech is an advertiser on my show, they have solid WP guys that worked with race teams. They are in-house at Racetech that know their shit, okay? So don't feel threatened by going to a Racetech for WP stuff. As you guys know, I'm a big fan of Enzo on my KYB stuff. On my Yamaha, my Enzo stuff is great. I love it. But I feel confident enough going to WP. If I have some WP cone valve stuff, going to Racetech. So Ola over there at WP gave me a 5.0 front spring. I run my height 5 millimeters. That's stock. And 415 milliliters of oil. Here's the difference between an AER fork and this cone valve fork. This is the biggest difference for me, feeling-wise. The AER is pretty good for an air fork. You've heard me say that. But where the cone valve really sets sets it off for me and really separates from the AER is when the action is moving. So you have the fork on D-cell. You're having a lot of braking bumps. The action is just smoother, has more comfort. The deeper the AER goes the harsher to me it feels, and then I lose front-end feeling. Now I'm on this cone valve fork. I have tons of front-end feeling. Yes, side-to-side movement is a little bit heavier feeling, but now that I'm used to it, I can appreciate it a lot more. I think I have double the amount of front-end traction with this cone valve fork. I'm just not a huge fan of the contact patch that I get on the AER fork, and the fact that I can push this cone valve harder and I get less harshness and a less like if I over jump, I can over jump stuff so far now, I feel confident that this fork soaks it up better and gives me more comfort to my hands, which it does. Hell guys, I'm 40 years old. I don't want harsh shit, okay? The AER gets harsh over time, especially longer motos. Man, I get beat up from the 25 minute mark on it just feels different. I'm I'm just not a big fan of it during longer motos. If you're doing short motos, you may not even notice anything. Like I know some guys that love the AER fork. It's fine. They're doing five to seven lap motos. Sure. But if you guys want to ride longer, you want to push yourself, cone valve fork, expensive. Here we go with that again. Yeah, expensive. Worth it for me if I'm keeping this bike three to four years. Okay? Long run. It's going to be a good investment for you in suspension. If you ask me, Kiefer, what would I do first? What do you want me to do first? Vortex ignition or do you want me to get this suspension done? For sure, get suspension. For me, the bike's amazing the way it comes. Um, The Vortex is great. I love it. But I would rather have solid suspension underneath me than an ignition. Ignition would be secondary to the suspension. So... The guys over there at WP, the cone valve fork is so good, so plush, and it holds up fairly well. I even told Ola, maybe can go a little bit stiffer on my fork, but tons of front wheel traction, comfort is up. So to me, a noticeable change from an AER fork. Now the tracks stuff, I appreciate a little bit more from my last podcast, and where I appreciate on the track is acceleration traction to the rear wheel out of choppy, shitty corners. When the track gets dry, or if you have a deep rut that's tacky with some square edgy shit, think Hangtown or something like that, this is where this shock really has an advantage over the stock shock. And that's the only thing I could really pinpoint where I like it. Actually, I take that back. There's two points. One is, like I said, the acceleration traction. It just gives you more of a supple, more forward bite and less harshness than the stock stuff. I run a sag of 103 on the tracks shock versus 105 on the stock shock. And going back and forth feels similar. Balance feels similar on both, but I just notice a little bit more of a comfort feel acceleration-wise. Secondly, 
Again, over jumping stuff, being aggressive, the shock just feels a little bit better on initial touch. Just has that, like I said, if I could slice a harshness in half, that's what this tracks shock does. It just kind of slices it in half. I don't get as much bite or rigidity feel harshness as I do with the stock shock. So it's WP's come a long way, guys. From the time that I used to run them on older KTMs, man, their technology, their whole comfort level of of these cone valve and track stuff has gone up a lot. So if you're a KTM Husqvarna guy and you like a nice feeling suspension with comfort, definitely look into their stuff. I think it's an advantage. People ask me, hey, have you tried KYB stuff? Yeah, so I have tried some KYB stuff recently on a KTM uh, factory edition. Wasn't impressed, okay? I think the bike is designed when they make these bikes with WP. No one is designing these Rockstar editions, these factory editions with KYB in mind. So you're getting these other guys testing KYB stuff on this bike. And they don't have the time like the other engineers do with this WP suspension on the KTM and Husqvarna. This is what this bike is made up with, okay? To me, if I'm buying this bike, I'm sticking with what is on the bike, okay, guys? Yes, Cone Valve Tracks is different. Nonetheless, same company. So don't think for one second... They didn't put some of this stuff on a pre-production bike before we see it in production, okay? I can 99% guarantee you they've tried cone valve and track stuff on pre-production bikes, okay? I've been a part of the process before. I've seen it happen. A lot of things go down in the R&D world that we don't see. Well, I should say you guys don't see. I, I see some of it. Um, so... I would stick with WP. I wouldn't venture off and try to get KYB stuff like Chad is. and Because Chad does it doesn't mean it's it's good for everybody. I think the common man is good with the AER fork and the stock shock. A little bit more of a racy guy that is has a little bit more money that's looking to improve his riding. Cone valve, track stuff is excellent. And honestly, the guys, this WP stuff, A-kit style stuff, is cheaper than... A Showa A kit. I think it's pretty close to a KYB from Technical Touch, but five, six grand, that's what you're working with, right? So now we're talking 20 fucking grand for this bike. Again, how deep do you want to go? There's nothing wrong with this stock bike the way it comes, but I'm just giving you guys some options here. So that's basically what I've done to this bike. Again, it's been reliable. I've had no fuel filter issues, no tranny issues. Only thing that has broke on me is a rear wheel, and I've been hammering the shit out of this sucker. But the top two things that I really like on this bike, obviously I've told you about, is the suspension and the Vortex ignition, which really make a difference. I'm really enjoying my time on this thing. I have to give it back in a couple weeks. I'm pissed. I think Brownie's going to take this bike. Screw you, Mike Brown. You better win Loretta's on this thing, all right? Because uh, it's it's a damn good bike. So looking forward to riding more 2019s. If you guys have any questions about this podcast or you got any questions about your Rockstar Edition, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com, and I'll answer your questions. And hopefully uh, we'll help you guys out. That's what we do here at this podcast. So again, thanks to Andy Jefferson, Husqvarna, for letting me take this thing for a a few hours i've been enjoying my time and uh hope to hope hopefully you guys are out there uh listening to this podcast maybe uh, dreaming about getting one of these things because uh, i i think this is one of the better production motorcycles out there right now and also i'm not going to name names but maybe another test rider has ridden this bike that also thought it was very good. So, and I, I bet you guys would never guess who. So, 
he also think it's a very good bike. So that that says something. When other other riders from different color brands ride this bike and say, yeah, it's a pretty damn good bike, you know? So that says something, you know, because a lot of these guys that work internally with other manufacturers bleed that color. So we don't do that here. We're we're unbiased, okay? I might be on a Honda bandwagon tomorrow. You never know. I don't give a shit. If it works good, I'm all in. I'm going to tell you guys about it. I want you guys to spend your money wisely. If you have it, I'm going to point you in the right direction. I'm going to do all my I'm going to do all I can to get you guys the information that you might not get from MXA, Dirt Bike, Vital, or whoever. So I'm here for you guys. That's why we do this sucker. I'm an avid rider just like you guys. So let's go moto. Let's talk. Get some of the shit on your bike. That's it. That's all I got. We have 45 minutes in, and I'm done. You guys have any questions, again, hit me up on my email. If you guys want to order some swag, hit up my wife, Heather, at KieferInkTesting.com. Hopefully you guys had a badass Memorial Day weekend. Thank you to all the men and women who served this awesome country, and thank you to all the men and women who have served and lost their life. Sometimes we don't think about that, but we do. We need to start thinking about that more for this country because sometimes this country is turning to shit with all the crap that's been happening around us. But that's why we have dirt bikes to relieve the stress and uh, get us back to, uh, to neutral, so to speak, when we get back home. So thank you guys for listening. Hope to see you guys around the track. If you guys see me, say hey, come up, let's bullshit, and stay tuned. 2019 KX450F is coming up next week. Ooh, Team Green Life. New fork, hydro, clutch. Ooh, maybe a frame change, engine change, all kinds of shit. So looking forward to putting some time on that Cowie. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, Husqvarna, for building the bitchin' bike. Thanks, Andy, for letting me ride the shit out of it and roach it out for Mike Brown. Suck it, Mike Brown.